Lindsay Foss. I've been working with the Esports Trade Association for a year now, co-chairing this event. Super excited to be here. A lot of you might have seen me on the stream yesterday being interviewed, so now I'm doing the interviewing. I am here with Kyle. Kyle, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm uh, Kyle Friedman. I used to play uh, professional Dota 2, then worked as a broadcast talent for a while. Uh, moved to Ukraine, got tight with the company I work for now. We play studios, and then uh, we we shifted our main hub of operations to Los Angeles. We do a live, bunch of live events. Uh, we have a strategic partnership with OTK, so we do a bunch of like yep. streamer shows, like their mm -hmm. OTK Games Expo. Yep. And then one of our marquee projects is NFL Tuesday Night Gaming, which kicks off yep. this September. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And a bunch of other things that. Mm -hmm. Create stress. Well, there's a ton of yeah. Uh, there's only one job actually, and it's emailing. So there's a ton to pull on from your experience here. I want to talk about why the move to Ukraine as well and the transition back. But let's start with how you took your professional playing career and turned it into a career in esports e and gaming. So what was that like? Huh. Um, so I played a game called Heroes of New Earth. I was really good at it. Won a bunch of stuff, but it was you know before the boom. So I probably made forty grand over two years. Ah. Uh, Ouch. Mm -hmm. uh, then I went to Dota. <laughs> Things were going well. Uh, my team, Complexity, got bought out by Jerry Jones. Yep. And then my teammates. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> my teammates then kicked me from the team three months later. And I was a bit salty about that. And was like, I've been doing this, living in a team house, it's basically like being in a grungy band mm -hmm. for eight years. <laughs> so I got, a, I got my first talent gig. I was playing at an event. This was before I got kicked, just serendipity. Mm -hmm. And I went to the arena on the Sunday after the you know, crew was all breaking down. Uh -huh. Two bottles of tequila. I gave one to the crew. And I gave one to the CEO. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, I'd love to be a talent. Um, I think I'm pretty good at it. I could be pretty good at it. Um, we have time. Uh, and he's like, sure, send me your rate. So then I go fly home and I'm kicked. And I saw it as kind of fate. Like, this is what I should be doing. And then I ditched all my stuff from my mom's house and started backpacking. Uh, doing the gigs in between. And then COVID kind of put an end to that. Right. It was fun while it lasted. Wow. Okay. So it was less of a transition and more of a throwing you into the fire kind yes. of thing. Okay. So then you went from you know living in the in a grungy game house to backpacking to Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. What? What? That's weird. Yeah. Tell me the in between there. What so was going on? I was making. Oh goodness. I gotta just stop using. Yeah, that. stop touching. Apologies, the chair. viewers. <laughs> um, the I did an event in Kiev, and I would work mm -hmm. out deals because usually when, when you do these gigs, it's the same for players. The tournament operator or the publisher, like they'll fly you in from where you are and they'll fly right. you out where you are. Mm -hmm. So I was abusing this, and I didn't really know. <laughs> I guess the backpacking lifestyle. <laughs> where we wanted to go, where I wanted to go after. So I was like, hey, what's the travel budget like for my flight? Mm -hmm. I have a thousand bucks. I'm like, okay, send me the thousand bucks, I'll handle it myself. Uh -huh. So I ended up flying myself for $90 to London. Uh -huh. And then a different company had an event in LA. And I was like, yeah, yeah, just book me from London. So I was just pocketing the difference, but uh -huh. getting the flight. And I was staying at a friend's house. He has like a guest room that mm -hmm. I buy him food. He lets me live there. It's yep, great. It's great. What a deal. And then the whole world went to hell and suddenly yeah, borders were being shut down. And I'm, I didn't know where to go. I've been living in Taiwan, wasn't sure if I would be able to get a visa there. My dad's like, hey, come home. I really didn't know if I want to live with my dad for an unknown duration. Pandemics take a long time. They do. And I got That's a call true. from a friend at WePlay and said, hey, uh, come to Ukraine. We're doing this charity event. I can't pay you for it, but there's going to be more events that we'll do. You'll get paid for those and we'll take care of you. You'll get a, uh -huh. a setup, a PC and all that. 
And then he called me back an hour later and said, hey, by the way, we're closing our borders tomorrow at midnight. So get to Ukraine yeah. right now. <laughs> so I thought about it a bit. I was like, all right, this seems like what I should do. Right. And I booked a flight and flew out that night. And then I was there wow. for two years. Wow, two years. Yeah. Okay, so all during the pandemic. Yes. Okay, were you there for Russia's invasion? Uh, we were not. We were in Dubai. Um, I started working with them closely like as a talent and uh -huh. then kind of just helping uh, a By lot that, of you mean we play right on yeah sure okay cool with a lot of effort we did a, a dota major called the any major uh -huh. which uh, was the only non-publisher major esport tournament nominated for an emmy or shortlisted for an emmy very cool we did not win but set up i mean you know being nominated is a huge accomplishment in and of itself though That's... it's like getting bronze but Whatever. Yes. How many people get bronze? True. <laughs> I'd take a bronze medal for the record. <laughs> yeah. And that got close. Uh, I started working with them full time uh, last year. Mm -hmm. And then we were in Dubai uh, doing a, a Dota event and you know, Russia invaded. So right. we kind of had to make the call, like, what are we going to do? Right. Um, so we kind of rapidly accelerated our plans. I had been hired to right. do stuff at the LA studio that mm -hmm. we were kind of going to take some time, like, you know, bring people in, like yeah. see how close out the one chapter. Or, yeah. Yeah. Again, that whole transition thing. And you, then your uh, transitions aren't really transitions. No, they're just, <laughs> they're just dropping from one place to the next. You just have <laughs> with to... no in between. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. I wish it had more yeah. structure to it, but that's life. Yeah. Um, well, I went to, did you happen to be in session this morning at all? We had a video from Maincast. Are you familiar with them? Yes. Yeah. So we had a, I, I have previously interviewed folks from Maincast and those of you who don't know, Maincast is a um, Ukrainian esports team, huge in Dota. Uh, they yep. have been obviously severely impacted by uh, the conflict that's happening there. And so I had asked them to make a video talking about kind of the power of esports and gaming and casting during times of really dark days um so we were, i was really honored to be able to share that story um and it's wild to me that i'm now sitting with someone who lived in ukraine for two years uh the world is both a large and small place <laughs> did you um who was uh vitali andre yeah. alexi mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 i worked I'm, with them valeria and vita I, I was the uh first foreigner to ever get invited to go to vitali's house oh, we drank wonderful. some drank some beer, ate pretzels, and watched Liverpool. That's awesome. Yeah, well, and for I know for them, it was a big transition from doing broadcast mainly in Russian. They had a huge Russian audience. Um, and that audience is, you know, things that are happening with the population of Russia should be fully separated from what's happening with the military and dictatorship of Russia. So there's still certainly people, I'm sure, that are that are fans of main cast. Um, but one of their big transitions was switching to fully Ukrainian, which I think was really cool and culturally significant and really important. Um, so... Everyone out there should totally check out that video too. Uh, it was great, great message from Vitaly uh, and the team there. Um, okay, so let's talk about what you're doing out in LA now. We've gone okay. through all of the transitions. So now what what does your day-to-day -day look like? What are you doing in, in the world of gaming and esports? Uh, okay, starting with, I guess, just me. Like I'm our CBO, so my job is to just find work. The the joke is that uh, Bobke is uh, Ukrainian for cash so i'm either chief of bobkey or bullshit depending on your preference thank you and they say there's like three things one we we have a huge array of 
production right, capabilities. So we have a really sick Unreal Engine really augmented reality team. We do a bunch of CGI totally and like motion animations, make graphics. Uh, the entire venue is ours, it's our equipment, it's our crew. So you want to host an event? We'll host an event. We've done game launches, we've done esports, we did a cooking show, music show, a bunch of other stuff. Give us money, we make iconic content. Easy peasy. That's the that that is the the ethos is make iconic content. Try to take risks, not just copy paste like the same plan. Whether you know, hey, we're in Columbus, it's the same. Hey, we're in Florida, it's the same. We want to do stuff that's unique and challenging. Uh, then something I'm really excited about and that we've started doing is creator partnerships where we operate on RevShare and talk to creators and say, you know, hey, what, you know, they come with an idea, something they're really passionate about that they can't execute themselves. Um, big idea. And we say, okay, let's do it. And we just do it together. We share ownership of the IP and we try to, you know, none of them are going to watch this, but talent are kind of annoying. Uh, but if you are working with them on their idea and they're invested, it's much easier. Suddenly they're the ones writing the brief. They're not ignoring it in their emails. Though, if you, if you, you know, having to be able to pursue the creative things you want to pursue is always more fun. Yeah. So, so it's uh, true writ large. The, the trouble is, you know, if you ever go to a TwitchCon, you'll see especially for the for the big stars you know uh-huh. a line of people just trying to pitch them something like yeah, i i that's not the way people they're getting you know 50 emails a week from right. random companies mm-hmm. random people like hey sick opportunity for you i just give me a call mm-hmm. it's like it, too much noise mm-hmm. so i'm not really interested in that what i'm interested in is you know if somebody wants to do you know i've always wanted to do american ninja warrior that has Twitch chat integration. Okay? okay. We have an extension. So imagine you familiar with the game? Uh yeah. Or the show? Yeah. So for Warp sure. Wall, all right. Yeah. You know, we see XQC running up. I was can't just make gonna it. say, like we yeah, yeah. gotta get the work And then there. Bubble pops up, spam spacebar to help XQC. <laughs> and for every thousand spacebar presses per second, uh-huh. we're dropping the wall by a centimeter. Oh. And you just have That's thirty so seconds for chat to help and they're just furiously <laughs> spamming. Uh-huh. And that, that's something I really think I want to utilize more of because for sports, you know, you can wave a towel or you can go streaking and right. you can't, you're not supposed to do that. Digital entertainment, you can There's actually create tools to yeah. interact with the, with the broadcast as like a character. And it also, you know, we specialize in live content. So why not give people an opportunity to feel like if they're not, like if you're here live, you get a special experience. Mm-hmm. You watch the VOD on YouTube, sure you can, but you don't have a chance to oh, yeah. spam your space more. The fan engagement experience is something I'm super passionate about. Rethinking how we do fan engagement, I think, is so critical and so important. And not just across, I mean, I'm a big traditional sports person. The NBA is basically my lifeblood. So across traditional sports, across even, um, I mean, gaming and esports, obviously, but even just in regular entertainment, like Bandersnatch coming out was a huge thing. So just in general, giving people a better way to interact with the franchises, the content they're consuming, the things that they enjoy spending their time on is hugely important. I want to kind of round out the discussion with one last question. We're going to talk, we're at eSports Next, so we have to talk about mm-hmm. eSports Next. So what brought you here today, um, and what have you enjoyed or learned so far? Uh, what brought me here? My Somebody on my marketing team said, hey, I'm going to Chicago, <laughs> and uh, 
I said, okay, when? And they said, we'll send you the details. Uh-huh. And then I got them like two days ago and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, you so heard it here. here first. Listen to your marketing teams. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that's the lesson. So thank you, Ira um, and Alona. And what have I learned? Or enjoyed. I, I mean, learned would be good. But I've, I've met up with a couple people that I wasn't expecting to see here. I, okay. For me, you know, I've been in esports for like 12 years uh-huh. and conferences, a lot of, how do I, are you able to cut or are we actually live? We are actually live. Okay. <laughs> I, I think personally that the main value in a conference isn't necessarily what happens at the conference. It's that you can make a new connection or you meet an old connection that you weren't expecting and then you go grab a lunch or you go out for a couple of drinks at the bar afterwards and you have like one of those nice candid random conversations because that's, I think it's something really important. Uh, The key element in new friendships is to have multiple random unplanned interactions. You can't, you, you, you don't become friends it's hard if you just meet somebody. I met somebody at a, a party a couple of weeks ago. How are we ever going to hang out again? Yep. One of us is going to be like, hey, uh, we're playing volleyball in Venice. You, you want to come? If you can't come, now it's weird. I can't invite him to do something again. Now he's going to invite me to do something. Whereas if we just show up yeah. and, hey, Jack, mm-hmm. look, it's you. Mm-hmm. And you just hang out. You do that a couple of times. Now that awkwardness is over, in. you're yeah. actually friends. So mm-hmm. these are nice opportunities to just sort of foster these kind of relationships. Because there's too many people in your networks. Mm-hmm. You're never, you know, everybody's got like 1,500 people on LinkedIn. Do you really know that many people? No. But if you see somebody that you recognize the face of walking around, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, I know you. It's Let a little bit like summer camp. That's what yeah. I always think of. I mean, it's like the very adult, possibly less fun version. I will say I had this whole thing against networking for years. Uh, I hated the term. I hated the idea. I hated the exchanging of business cards. But I found exactly what you said, the random little side conversations that sort of happen organically. It might happen because you make a connection on social media or through a friend or whatever it may be. But the fun side conversations that aren't just with a goal of exchanging business cards are the ones that often lead to fruitful relationships. Apparently, that's what networking is supposed to be. So my whole bent against it is changing a little. It's all authenticity. Yeah, it's for sure. It, An overused word. It but is. one that has meaning. <laughs> well, it's just super transparent if somebody's talking to you but disinterested. Yeah. Like, I, the thing, the conference, like, oh, the wandering eyes, somebody's mm-hmm. talking, oh, hey, really nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Really nice to meet you. Oh, what do you do? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, this is a and lesson, too. If someone's giving you wandering eyes, set them free, okay? Yeah. It's not personal. Just go, you Let them go. Let them go. <laughs> it's fine. I like, give the wandering eyes on occasion. Recognize it. <laughs> And that, that, that's the one thing that makes me uncomfortable with conferences. It's both because I find myself unconsciously doing it and I see people doing it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think we all need to be a little bit more open though about exiting conversations and that it is not personal. There's only a certain number of people you can physically make connections with. And it's perfectly okay if the person on the other end is not that person for you. How would, how would you end a conversation? What's your, what's your technique? My usual go-to is to say something like, hey, it's been really great talking to you. I'm going to go catch this other thing. Or, yeah. or I'm going to go in and watch the panels. Or um, I'm going to run and grab a coffee or something like that. There's... Oh, I want a coffee too. <laughs> yeah? You done with this? <laughs> no, um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely ways of uh, doing it gracefully. And it takes practice every 
because everything does. Um, and yeah, there are people that are more persistent that it can be a little bit harder. Um, but I think the ones that are persistent, I want to emphasize that it's important to read the other person's body language and to have the ability to let them go. So my feet are pointed that way. Right. Just recognize when someone else is done with the conversation and recognize that it's not personal and that we're all adults and that it's okay for someone to want to not talk to you anymore. I, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> I will say I like, um, cause I don't like um, the big ones as much. Like GDC, it's just a soup. It's like a sea of people. And really, you're not doing anything at the conference. It's just that everybody's there. So you're really just meeting up with people you know. Right. Smaller ones, this is like a more intimate setting, smaller space. Like, I really appreciate that they have open bar starting at 10 a.m. Not that I've partaken, but also <laughs> definitely the place you want to camp out at to meet the veterans. Because true eSport veterans, they're there at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you, follow you, I am connect with you? Keeping a Kyle across all social media platforms and LinkedIn and Instagram and everything. Awesome. Feel free to ping me, I guess. Yeah. Love podcasts. Yeah. I am Lindsay the Boss on some platforms. To be fair, it rhymes with my last name, which is Poss. I am Lindsay Poss everywhere else. Find me anywhere. And thank you all so much for joining us.